Welcome back to the podcast. Activist judges. Americans will tell you they absolutely despise activist judges. They want judges to rule on the law. As an example, the left will tell you that the Supreme Court in Dobbs when it overturned Roe v. Wade was an activist court. They will tell you they were not acting on the law, they were not acting on the Constitution, they were not respecting individual rights, and so on and so on. It was an activist court. The same thing with you with the right, for instance. If a judge rules in favor of a gun control measure, the right will say you're not taking into account the history of the, the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms and individual rights, and so on and so forth. And they'll claim that that judge is an activist judge. So, in reality, do Americans dislike activist judges, or do they just dislike activist judges when a court rules in a way they don't like? Okay, so that's the individual Americans. But now, we have Congress getting involved in a form of condemnation of a non-activist chief justice of the United States Supreme Court. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. The House of Representatives has just voted to remove a statue of former Chief Justice Roger Taney from the old Supreme Court chamber that's now part of the Capitol building. In case you're unfamiliar with Taney, he wrote the Supreme Court's you know, a lot of people consider it infamous. I consider it spot-on decision Dred Scott, which is roundly condemned by just about everybody as an incredibly racist decision by the court in the years leading up to the Civil War. Many of you probably remember hearing and passing about the Dred Scott case when you were in school, but you probably really don't know what it was about or what Tanny ruled on. And I'm not going to share the entire framework of the case with you. You can simply look it up for yourself. However, I do want to address that the Dred Court, uh, Chief Justice Tanny wrote the decision. It was a seven to two decision, and he wrote the published opinion. I want to tell you it is one of the most legally spot on decisions in American Supreme Court history. The problem is, it goes against our modern ethos concerning race and racism, which, by the way, I support it 100%. If you've been following me for any length of time, you know I absolutely detest bigotry in any of its forms, including racism. But that wasn't the framework of the United States back at the time that the Dred decision was issued, and it wasn't the framework, more importantly, of when our nation was founded. And the 72 decision only took a look at what the founders created and said, look, moral, not moral, ethical, not ethical. This is what they wrote in the damn document called the U.S. Constitution. We can't make shit up. We have to actually rule on what's there, which is why it is such a spot on decision. It's, it's a completely non-activist decision. And I'm going to explain to you in brief why it is one of the best, most accurate United States Supreme Court decisions in history. You've probably heard these words that are in the preamble of the United States Constitution. We the people, in order to create a more perfect union. Okay. Now, first of all, preamble is not law, to be clear. So when you look at the United States Constitution, which is in the preamble, you cannot go into court and argue anything because preambles are not considered part of 
what does then constitute law, which is the body of the Constitution. Nevertheless, we the people of the United States, that's the significant phrase, so keep that in mind. Then, let's jump forward into the main body of the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, the very first place citizen of the United States appears, and I'm going to read that briefly to you. No person shall be a representative who shall not have attained the age of 25 years and been seven years a citizen of the United States. And that's one of 24 appearances of citizen of the United States in the United States Constitution. So, the upshot of dread, leaving aside the race issue, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to leave aside the race issue, but looking at the legal issue rather than our modern framework of race and racism, looking at the legal issue, what the court ruled in dread was that Dredd, being born a slave and having run away, and he was now bringing suit, claiming he had a right to be a free man, the United States Supreme Court ruled, as someone born into slavery and not emancipated by that person's owner, despicable words, that person's owner, but having not been emancipated, that person was not, could not be, a citizen of the United States, and access to the federal courts is only available to citizens of the United States, and we're going to get into that in a minute. The first thing we need to talk about is something called Vattel's International Law, a compendium that's existed for hundreds of years that lays out the foundation of how nations legally should interact with one another, and the Founding Fathers were very intimately aware of the content of Vattel's Law. One of the things that's in Vattel, and it's true now, just like it was then, is that a person is one of two things. They are either a citizen of the place where they reside, or they are an alien. Period. There is no third classification. So, prior to the 14th Amendment, what was the sole way that a person could become a citizen of the United States? Well, the sole way was to have citizenship of a state of the union. Today, we have this 14th Amendment citizenship, which is a federal citizen. Well, I don't. Most people don't. But the, it, the 14th Amendment granted another class of citizenship to the recently freed black slaves, and according to the Supreme Court, others similarly situated. And that is a separate form of citizenship that allows Congress to exercise jurisdiction over the people who are embraced by that form of citizenship. However, there was no 14th Amendment at the time the Dred decision was rendered, and therefore, the only way one could be considered this, and, and Tanny's very clear in the decision, the phrase citizen of the United States isn't actually a real thing. It's a term that's used to express the citizens of all of the states of the Union that then have, under the Privileges and Immunity Clause of the Federal Constitution, being citizens of the state, they have certain privileges and immunities under the Federal Constitution. There was no such thing at that time as a federal citizen, a 14th Amendment citizen. There was no other class of citizen at that time. You are a citizen of your state. That was the sole way to be a citizen, and it was the sole way to be considered this euphemistic phrase, citizen of the United States, which, which really meant citizens of any of the states of the Union who had certain privileges and immunities under the Privileges and Immunity Clause. Whew, got it? All right. So the southern states, the slave states, in their constitutions, people who were born into slavery were not citizens of the state. They were not citizens of the state in which they were born. They were not citizens of the land upon which they were born. 
because they were not citizens of a state, they could not be embraced by this euphemistic phrase, citizen of the United States, as used in the Constitution. They weren't citizens of their state, and therefore, that was the only class of citizenship at the time, and therefore, they could not be considered to have privileges and immunities under the federal Constitution, hence euphemistically referred to as citizen of the United States. And that brings us to who has access to the federal courts. If you think just anybody has access to the federal courts, that's not accurate. That's con it is controlled by the Constitution. The Constitution created the federal courts via Article Three of the Constitution. That's how federal courts were created. Unlike state courts, federal courts have very limited jurisdiction. They can only rule on things that they're permitted to rule on, whether by the Constitution or statute. Constitution comes first, obviously, most fundamentally. So let's read what the Constitution has to say about who has access to the federal courts. And you'll find this in Article 3, Section 2, which reads, The judicial power extends to all cases in law and equity arising under this Constitution, the laws of the United States, and treaties made, or which shall be made, under their authority to all cases affecting ambassadors or public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies, now pay attention to this next bit of the paragraph, to controversies to which the United States shall be a party, that would not have affected Dredd, he was, that the United States government was not a party to that action, to controversy between two or more states, obviously inapplicable to dread, between a state and citizens of another state, dread was not a citizen of any state, between citizens of different states, dread was not a citizen of any state, and between a state or the citizen thereof and foreign state citizens or subjects. Again, inapplicable to dread. And that's the end of that relevant section of the Constitution. Given that at the time the Dred decision was issued, there was only one way to become a citizen, and that was to be a citizen of the state in which you were born, which slaves were not, and that you could not be referred to federally as this euphemistic title called citizen of the United States unless you were a citizen of a state, which slaves were not, hence Scott Dred was not. And as we just read, People who were not a citizen of a foreign nation, not a citizen of a state of the union, did not have access to the federal courts. And that's ultimately what the ruling in Dredd was about. Ultimately, 7-2, the court said, essentially, the moral and ethical implications of Dred Scott's filing are not to be considered by the court. Right or wrong, ethical or unethical, moral or immoral, there is no authority under the United States Constitution for Dred Scott to have access to the United States District Courts, which, of course, is the entry-level court of the United States government. So it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The court said, sorry, the original filing in the United States District Court is not constitutionally permissible. End of statement. Given what you now know, does that sound like an legally inaccurate decision? These justices looked at the United States Constitution and they said, maybe this is right, maybe this is wrong, maybe this is what, whatever. But the rules are the rules and we're not going to be an activist court, we're going to play by the rules. Now, is that the end of it? No, of course not. Because Congress, 
had the authority to change that by amendment. Congress could vote on an amendment and put it out to the states, and the states could change the United States Constitution. Of course, that wasn't going to happen because it requires two-thirds of the states to do that, and the southern states weren't going to participate that in, what, in any way whatsoever. So we ended up slaughtering, what was it, 600,000 Americans slaughtering one another during the Civil War in order to make this situation right. But that doesn't make the dread decision wrong. We may look back and say, wow, things were really screwed up back then. And I, I'm with you on that a thousand percent, but that's the history of America. The dread court ruled correctly on the Constitution. The Constitution and the law of the land concerning citizenship did not permit Dred Scott access to the federal courts. That is a legally accurate, spot-on, as egregious as it is. It was totally non-activist. It tracked the Constitution spot-on every instance of the way. And yet Tanny, <laughs> who merely wrote the decision, of course, he was one of the seven that, that voted seven or two, he was one of the seven, who wrote the decision, now he's being castigated as if it's all about him. It, it's not about the other six. It's not about what the Constitution says. It's not about how the founders created this. It's not about what Vettel Law says. It's not about this whole structure that was put in place to make sure that slaves had no recourse to the courts. It's not about any of that. It's about Roger Tanney. And his sculpture bust must be removed from the Capitol building because he's an evil SOB. I don't see it that way. When Americans were done slaughtering each other in the Civil War, and of course the Union prevailed, then the Congress put out to the states for ratification an amendment called the 14th Amendment. Here's the thing. The 14th Amendment was necessary because it didn't matter that the South lost the war. Slaves born in the southern states were still subject to what those state constitutions said at the time that those people were born. When those slaves were born, whatever the law of the land was at that time, that land being the states, whatever the law of the land was in that state, that was the citizenship, or lack thereof, of the slaves that were born there. Being defeated in battle couldn't change that legal construct. So Congress came up with this thing called the 14th Amendment. So we can't, and basically Congress was saying, we can't change their status. They are under Vattel's law since they're not citizens, they're aliens. They're aliens despite their birth upon the land. We can't make them state citizens. The, Congress doesn't have the authority to do that in the first place. And at the time that they were born, the law was in those states what it was. Congress's solution was to grant them a second, different class of citizenship, essentially federal citizenship, over which Congress has enforcement powers. Congress has zero enforcement powers over a citizen of the state. But this second form of citizenship, granted to the freed black slaves and their posterity, according to the Supreme Court, not me, explicitly in the 14th Amendment provides authority to enforce the amendment to Congress. So Congress can pass any laws that are reasonable for the enforcement of the 14th Amendment and to protect this second other class of citizen. And just a wee bit of historical nuance to this, the 14th Amendment was sent to the states by Congress. At the time, the southern states were occupied by the Union Army, and Congress made it clear to the legislatures of the southern states, 
your states will not be allowed to re-enter the union. You will remain defeated, occupied foe, unless you ratify this amendment. So, objectively, was the 14th Amendment ever really properly ratified? Of course not. But it's existed as a part of the Constitution for so long, since, what, 1866, I believe, that it's never going to be questioned. It's always going to be there. The only way it's going to be gone would be if, again, Congress were to put an amendment out to the states and two-thirds of the state were to ratify an amendment, getting rid of the 14th Amendment. Technically, on a legal basis, the potential problem with that is the freed black slaves and their posterity, all their offspring is what that means, had that other class of citizenship. So, technically, legally, if the 14th Amendment were to disappear tomorrow, we would have a whole bunch of people in the United States who would be aliens again because the origin of their citizenship was the 14th Amendment. Without it, they're not citizens and they're aliens. Now, on a practical level, would that really be the case? No, because of course you can't really track anybody down anymore from somebody who was born in, say, 1830 in Alabama and track them all the way through and say, okay, so you're a 14th Amendment citizen. There's too much... The ability to do that is virtually impossible and who would want to? <laughs> so if we do away with the 14th Amendment then what you would end up with is the presumption that every single person is a citizen of a state of the union. And somebody would have to do something virtually impossible, which is try and track down the lineage of somebody existing, as I'm filming this in 2022, track it all the way back to the time of the 14th Amendment and prove that that person is the posterity of a slave and therefore, and then that doesn't talk about intermarrying or any other. It's, it's absolute nonsense. We could get rid of the 14th Amendment right now. Everybody would be presumptively the original class of citizen, which, by the way, have a lot more rights than 14th Amendment citizens. I've done other videos on that. I'll actually put that a video link down in the notes to that. But the reason we'll never see that done is that to eradicate the 14th Amendment eradicates Congress's jurisdiction over a whole class of issues. Here's an interesting side note from Dredd. Um, in Tanny's dicta, where he's writing out the decision before he gets to the holding, he talks about all of the things that would be true if a slave after they'd run away, left the state of their birth, could then be considered a citizen of another state. And he lists a number of things that would be so if that were true. One of them is this. If a freed black slave who left the state of his birth and then became a citizen automatically, legally, somehow, became a citizen of another state of the Union, that state citizen who would have black skin at that time, right, in that era, would then have the right to travel throughout the states carrying, carrying a firearm. I think it's important to note that the Dred Scott decision has never been reversed in whole or in part. What happened was, as I mentioned, after the Civil War, the 14th Amendment was enacted, and by that, the nation sidestepped the Dred Scott case. It didn't declare anything about the Dred Scott case invalid because the Dred Scott case 
was and remains to this day 100% constitutionally accurate. All it did was say, okay, so if we can't get it done with this state citizen, then we're going to get it done with this newly created federal citizen. We're going to step aside from the Dred Scott decision. It always blows my mind that people who are pro-gun, myself included, but when they go to court, they never, ever argue that dicta by Taney in Dred Scott. I mean, what a powerful message that if a slave who became a citizen of another state could then travel state to state carrying on his person a firearm. That's Taney saying that that is a privilege and immunity of the of a United States citizen, the euphemistic phrase United States citizen, meaning a citizen of a state of the union. And yet pro-gun people never, ever use that when they go to court. All right, guys, just a reminder, I've got the holiday special going on now on my books, Income Tax, Shattering the Mist and Body Science. I'm not going to tell you about either book, but I'm going to tell you where you can go find out about them in a moment. But I just want to let you know quickly what the special is. Christmas is coming, so it's time to place your order so we can get that order out to you. Hopefully, cross fingers, it'll arrive by Christmas. But here's the deal. If you order anything on the DrReality.News website, I will pay the shipping on it. If your order includes Income Tax, Shattering the Mist, body science, or both, I will inscribe and autograph those for you in addition to the free shipping I'm going to pick up as my holiday gift to you. All you have to go is drreality.news at checkout, enter the coupon code SANTA, and I will inscribe and autograph them and pick up the shipping for you. Now, also, when you go to the link that's in the notes to my website, all you have to do is click on Income Tax Shattering the Mist or click on Body Science or anything else that's there. And there is a description of what it's about. And more importantly, I'm going to suggest you read the reader reviews. They are spectacular. By the way, I have never, ever had a review come in and said, you know, I'm not that's not really a great review, so I'm not going to post it. Never, ever. I consider that unethical. All the reviews that are there are exactly as they rolled in. Also, presentations like this, where I just shared information with you, you probably didn't know 99% of it, right? I've been doing these for close to 20 years, never a cost to anybody. You just got a tremendous education. So one of the ways that you can help me to continue to be here for you is to go to drreality.news and purchase one of my books, both of my books, whatever you can find on the website that you think would, uh, you'd enjoy. That would help me to continue to be here for you. Thanks. Have a great holiday. Take care.